The following message is brought to you by Balsamic. Balsamic decided to support the software social community by donating their sponsored airtime to some of our listeners. This episode is sponsored by Intro CRM. There's a new simple sales tool built just for freelancers and early stage founders called Intro CRM. Add details in one click and know what you're earning next month. Quickly log next steps for every deal and integrate with Basecamp, Trello, or Asana for managing tasks. Check out their website at introcrm.com. Thank you again to Balsamic for generously supporting our listeners this way. If you'd like to receive a promo code for Balsamic, visit balsamic.com backslash go backslash software social. So Colleen, you launched your SaaS simple file upload in December. And for the past, uh, I guess, couple of months now, um, we have been tracking how it's doing, how many people are signing up, uh, your revenue, uh, all those things. Um, so last time we talked, you were on track for $325 in MRR. Um, and I think the previous time we had talked about it before that, which was maybe like two weeks before that, you were at 120 MRR. Um, and so I'm curious, like, like, where are we now? So since we last spoke, I had one additional sign up, So that puts me at 360 MRR. Nice. And I really, I mean, I feel like I've won the lottery, Michelle. Like, it feels amazing. Isn't it, SAS great? <laughs> it's just so, I mean, it was so hard to get to this point. But right now, it just feels good. I think it's important, too, to note that I couldn't charge for it until February 4th, which was three weeks ago. So in three weeks, I've gone from zero MRR to 360. That's why I feel like I've won the lottery. Like it just That's feels- amazing. Have, have you annualized that yet? Like, have you let yourself, like, no. multiply that by 12 and just, like, That's think too about much that dreaming. for a second? <laughs> it's too much dreaming. <laughs> I'm not quite ready to dream that big yet. Um, but it feels really great. I mean, I am kind of floored four thousand dollars a year by the way <laughs> yes <laughs> can fly to europe someday with, for, <laughs> with that money <laughs> when it's safe to fly um yeah so it feels really amazing to see this growth and i have mentioned um that I've been really busy the past couple of weeks with, with real paid work. And so I haven't put a lot of time or energy into this and people are still signing up. I mean, so this it's is great. real paid work. The difference is, yeah, I shouldn't you call, you don't <laughs> have to be do like, that. <laughs> you don't, you this don't have to work. be sort of like, like button chair, um, in order to make that revenue and make those sales, right? Like, cause whenever you get a consulting client, this is where these are so different you have to work for every single customer in order to make that happen. Like you have to be out, um, you know, meeting people and making contacts and, and landing each client. But when you have customers and they can just sign up whenever they need it and they don't have to talk to you or do anything with you at all before paying you, it's a huge shift. Yes. I mean, it's, it's ultimately, you know, right now I trade my time for money and as a consultant, I'm very, very aware of my time, almost to my own detriment. And with this, yeah, I mean, of course I put a ton of time in up front, but, um, people just sign up in the middle of the night and sweet. Like, that's awesome. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm curious, um, when you were, when you had a, you know, sort of, we call them corporate jobs, like, were you, 
I wonder, were you a consultant? Like, were you time tracking? No. Oh, okay. So I've done them all, right? I've done the salaried, not time track to time tracking as what I do now. And now the product. So it's exciting. It is. Yeah, it is exciting. I just remember when I, I went from working at an agency and having to, you know, time track three minutes spent replying to an email um, to then working in a product company and not having to time track. And it was like, oh, my God, this is th- this is amazing. Yeah, it feels totally different. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to enjoy it. And I'm also trying to think about like how I can continue to try and find, I don't really feel like I found any kind of real product market fit. Like I've definitely found a pain point because people are signing up. But I mean, I think that that there's a lot of opportunity to find deeper pain points in more specific niches because not everyone is, this is the weirdest thing. I know I keep bringing this up, but like people are signing up, but only about 50% of the people who sign up and they have to pay me when they sign up are using it. And I'm emailing them and I'm trying to see if I can help them. But if they don't use it, they're going to churn. So I feel like I'm a little, I don't want to say concerned, but I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that I think I'm going to have a high churn rate this first month because people are going to be like, why am I paying for this thing I don't use? Yeah, I, th- I think that's something worth diving into. And you mentioned that you're emailing people and we've talked a little bit about different approaches you've taken to those emails in terms of copy and subject lines and and all those sorts of things. And so I'm curious if you've been like trying anything differently or if you've had any more people get back to you and you've kind of gotten any more insight into why that might be happening. Nope. I mean, I can't get anyone to, it's weird because in the beginning. That sounds frustrating. It is, it is frustrating. So in the beginning, I had a free tier, which I no longer have. There's no free, free option. And the, the people in the free tier would, would engage with me a lot more. And, and they seemed, it was seemed like, cause they were very grateful. I mean, most of them expressed gratitude that I had solved this problem for them for free. No one has emailed me back who is paying me money. Now, to be fair, it's only what, 10, 12 people that are paying me money. They don't want to talk to me. So I'm interesting. I, right. I can't get them to talk Have to you me. been like, can you like look at their email addresses and see like, are they gmails that are signing up or like people at companies there are gmails it's both it's a combination of gmail and uh, custom domains and you know i haven't even been looking Hmm. to see if they're you know what it just occurred to me i haven't even been checking to see if those emails are opened so there could be something else going on or they just don't want to talk to me which is is what it is i think though like why I, I just I don't want to stress about it, but like why would you sign up for something you have to pay for and not use it? Like did I th- no I think that's a very valid concern and something yeah. that's worth diving into. Like that's you, you see that when people aren't using a product, they are more likely sure to cancel it. Like that is that is very fair. Now there are some products that people buy and they buy them aspirationally and whether or not they use the product is sort of almost tangential to whether they're getting value out of it like so for example like gym memberships are a great example of this like um there's actually there's a great planet money podcast on uh i think i think it's planet fitness's um business model and like they know that most people who sign up are not going to use it and they sign <laughs> they up for that? because they want it to be because like it's aspirational 
and they have this whole thing around like this is why they have like monthly bagel days and pizza days or whatever so people like come back and they feel like they're getting value out of it and they're like oh yeah I'm gonna like I'm gonna start coming to the gym like I'm gonna do it but in actuality if everybody who had a membership showed up to their gym they would not have nearly enough equipment or spaces for them and so it's baked into their business model that people will not use it however I don't think anyone is buying cloud storage aspirationally I don't either um, I, feel like, I feel like you you get like, it because you want it I so should why start storing my it? files like I really like this is my new year's resolution really? is start storing my files um like yeah I mean maybe there's you know cases of that with like people who are uh you know saving important documents or, or whatnot or, or photos like personal photos but I think in a business context you know, I, I, I don't think that whole um, building in intentional non-users, um, no, sort of, you know, not- inactive accounts is, is, is like really relevant. But yeah, I mean, but yes, especially with a subscription business, if someone is not using the product in general, especially in a business context, especially for something that's designed for regular use like if this was the kind of product that people only need once a year or they have a subscription and then it's they only use it when they have a like a specific acute problem um but your product is designed to be used you know daily or or weekly or you know at at a fairly frequent context and so so yeah I i think you're justified in trying to figure out what the heck is going on there and see if yeah. people tell you wh- why why doing they aren't using doing. it so i'm i'm trying to follow up with those people to figure out what that's about and you know it's just consistently on this this journey to try and find where it fits the best so one of the kind of fun things i did i think i've mentioned before that you can either install it with a javascript snippet or um, a react component and I have been trying to speed learn React so I could maintain the React component because I don't actually know React. And so one of my friends has a really cool site, protege.dev, and they collate junior developer positions. So it's kind of neat because it's something I'm really like excited about because I, you know, you know that I'm really passionate about helping people get into tech. And so they have need for a file uploader. So he is using simple file upload, the React component. So it's, and they do live streaming, live live twitching, live streaming. What's it called? You know what I mean? I Twitch, live, Twitch live streaming. Twitch, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's becoming this really cool thing in this community I'm in where a bunch of people are participating and working on the site together and they live switch, Twitch stream it. And they're using my uploader and it's great because he's talking to me. Right. So, so he's using the react component. So I'm getting really good feedback on the react component and he's incorporating it into his like beautiful, really professional site. Um, so I'm really getting an opportunity to test that component really deeply. And for example, he pointed out, he brought to my attention that it wasn't keyboard accessible, which I hadn't even realized until he brought that to my attention. So I was able to fix that quickly, you know, cause it's just me. So I can just fix it. So that was cool. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Like, because I am, I'm dog fooding this on several applications. So I'm using the heck out of it, but I always use the JavaScript snippet. So it's nice to have someone like testing the React component as well. So do you have your own clients as paying customers? I do. 
hey I disclosed that to them. I was like, (laughs) just so you know, this is my uploader. (laughs) It's like, you won't get better customer service than than this. I, I, I wonder how, like, do your clients react to that? Or are they you know, kind of like, oh, sweet. Like we just saved you, you know, six hours of consulting for this monthly fee, like whatever. Or Yeah, they didn't seem to really care. They just wanted it to work. Like many people <laughs> they were like, okay. They I was just like, my... want the job done. <laughs> they did. <laughs> they just want the job done. Oh my goodness. That makes me think of, you had some tweet about jobs to be done this week. And I, I a lot saw of tweets it, about jobs. <laughs> but it was like, it was so funny because here we are every week and you tell me about jobs to be done and I hear you and I hear you. And it's like, I can't internalize it. And I was thinking about no one responding to my emails. And in your tweet, you said something about don't ask the customer how to solve the problem. Yeah. And I realized despite my weekly coaching with you, I think I'm still doing that because I'm like, what feature do you want? Like, would it be better if we had multiple file uploads? Whereas the focus, I need to refocus on what are you trying to do? Yes. So yes. uh, yeah, it's so funny because you tell me that all the time and it's like, it just like, it didn't sink in until I saw that. And I was like, wait, I'm asking them what they want in terms of like a feature set, but that's not, that's not the problem they're trying to solve, right? Whatever I offer as a feature set is what are they trying to do? Like, you know, how yes. do I help them solve their own problems? Yeah. And then, and, and how you figure that out is listening to their problems, but it is, your job to figure out what features they need and you figure out what features they need by listening to what their problems are and listening to what they are trying to solve but and I'm so glad you brought this up because I think this is where a lot of people trip up on customer research or they've kind of had a bad experience because you know they're like well we asked the customers what they wanted and it wasn't useful or they didn't tell us anything good or uh, they all wanted different things. And it's like, well, that's because you asked them the wrong question. You can't, you know, ask them to to basically do your work for you. Um, and, you know, I, I, one of the objections I get from people um, sometimes is, oh, well, if, you know, if Henry Ford had asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse, not a car, at, at, you know, as, as sort of a way of dismissing talking to customers that, you know, customers are not going to come up with innovations. And it's like, well, yeah, like your job as the entrepreneur is the person to come up with those things and to listen and pull from that. Not that customers are asking for a faster horse, but that even if they say they want a faster horse, what they're saying is, I want to be able to go places faster. I don't want the expense of taking care of, for a, of a horse or it's expensive to take care of a horse. Like, like those are the things that you listen to. And then hearing that from many different people, you, you piece together, okay, what are the problems? And then how does that drive me towards a solution? And maybe that's something that's hugely breakthrough like a car or maybe it's a, a marginal improvement that it, it's still okay. Like I, I think... Uh, it's like one of my pet peeves is like, you can have a company and not change the world and that's okay. Yeah, for sure. I, I have, I think like many small time founders, like I have this, this is a little bit of a tangent, but whatever. I have this dream of getting funding, like, like small funding. Do you? Well, okay. So let me just tell you. You never told me that. (laughs) Well, because it sounds like, it sounds like the, the easy way. I mean, I know it's not really. 
does it sound like it'll like make you like legit like it'll it's like a well mark first of, of all legitimacy absolutely legitimacy and then also like it um it I mean it would be awesome we talk a lot about time pressures on this podcast like man if I didn't have to do other work like I feel like I would have so much time to do this work like it would be amazing Colleen, you, you know I'm an investor in Earnest Capital, and their whole thing is giving money to bootstrappers so they can go full-time on their SaaS products that already have revenue, right? I, I do know have that. Have I told you that? Okay. okay. <laughs> <I do know laughs> that. Like, and they don't require referrals. Like, it's not like a traditional <laughs> VC where, you know, like, you had to have, you know, gone to Stanford with some guy, whoever, who can connect you. Like, you know, they're not like that but um I just want to throw that out there because <laughs> I, I guess we've never talked about this before even though I had talked this. to you every week for like what two or three years now <laughs> for, a, for a long time yes we've never talked about that but it's kind of an interesting thing when you look at so something I have been of course this is like okay so maybe not of course because you didn't know but this is like a secret dream <laughs> of mine right <laughs> is like, it oh let's dive into this well but it's interesting so if you think about it so someone who has received funding Put, kind of made a video about like how the numbers play out if you get funded. And it was really interesting because he was talking about like, if you just want to grow your business to 10K MRR and sit there, you should definitely not take funding because the way you would have to pay back that initial investment, like, you you know, it, it doesn't make sense. It's if you want to grow your business to like 100K MRR, like how big do you want to be that, that where's, where is the, um, the balance in terms of like what kind of business you want. So I've been thinking a little bit about like what kind of business do I want this to be? Do I want to go all in full time and like take a run at the big guys who are making 60 million a year? So there's space in that market. Or do I just want like a little like 5K a month um, software business? I think it's a fair question. I also think you could have a bootstrapped 100K a month company. I'm sorry, sorry, my dog in the background. That's Nigel. Some of you uh, maybe have seen pictures of him. Like, And also just because like if you don't take funding now and you grow it to a 100, 150, 200K a month company, like you could take funding at that point. Like wasn't it last summer that 1Password took like a ton of funding after being bootstrapped the whole time? And also like I think Atlassian, like Atlassian was completely bootstrapped until they went public. This is a fun dream world to live in. <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying like you don't necessarily have to take the funding right now or at 10K or 50K yeah. or 100K or, or like whatever that is. And like you also don't have to decide what kind of company you want now. Like it's like you, you I mean you can dream about it and you're you know you're more than allowed to do that um but you don't have to feel like you're you're uh committing to something that's not um changeable in the future yeah I see what you mean and I'd like to clarify for my listeners no one is offering me funding like this is not something this is just my <laughs> dream world right no one's offering it <laughs> but why do you feel like you need it so it like, so I could stop consulting and I could work on this. I just feel like, he, and it's because this month is really busy. Okay. To be fair. So it's like personal stress that's kind of driving that. Yeah. So my background to the side project, which I don't know that I ever shared is I have always wanted to do this 
And so I consulted pretty hardcore for a while and then I saved up a bunch of money so I could have taken almost up to a year off, been able to pay my bills and worked on my project. But then COVID hit and we had a lot of unexpected financial stressors. So I had to start working again and I enjoy work. I enjoy consulting. Like I don't mean to make it sound like a terrible thing. Like I actually really like it. But what I had really wanted to do was do side projects. So right now, especially this month, because we're about to move and, and work, consulting work is really busy. I just feel the pressure. Like, for example, I launched this thing. It's doing so well. I mean, I think it's doing well. And I don't have any time to work on it. Like, like I just feel like if I just had more time, there's so much I could do with it. So for me, it's a time pressure, time financial stress. That's, that's why, you know, you like for me, like, that's why I would, I would do something like that. You, you mentioned that you have this, um, you know, the, the, the sort of like financial stress going on right now, and I'm not going to make you go into that. But what, what I am curious about is, is that a temporary thing? Like, is that going to, you know, mitigate in a couple of weeks or a couple of months? Or does that look like a permanent thing that will keep you consulting? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I mean, it's not going to go away completely uh, because of some life changes we're making. And so there will be, there's a, but, but, you know, it, it's not tremendous. Like, yeah, I don't know. Does what you're doing right now not feel sustainable? What do you mean? What I'm doing right now? Like, like working and... Like like consulting and working on Simple File Upload. Like, so, d- like trying to do those things. Is, is it a matter of like you feel like you cannot do both of them or you aren't giving Simple File Upload as much attention as you want to? It's a combination of both. It's so funny because I got on this other podcast last week, Virtual Coffee, great group, great podcast. And I taught, I gave this like long soliloquy about work-life balance and how I take the weekends off and I cannot take the weekends off and consult and work on simple file upload. Like just not possible. Now, what I can do is I can work hard consulting for a couple months, scale that back and have more time for simple file upload. Um, which is probably the right answer. And then I can just do more 50, 50. It's just been a little crazy this month. I think, I think I'm just feeling the stress of everything going on in my life right now. And so it seems like the, the get out of jail free card. If someone just handed me $200,000, be like, sweet. <laughs> I had a conversation with someone, uh, a couple of weeks ago who has a SAS who, you know, said they're feeling some like financial stresses and fe- feeling, uh, you know, like they, they weren't growing as much as they wanted to and, and like things would be easier if they were growing more and everything and actually almost came close to like taking funding um, and like basically like, you know, had the offer for the check like in hand. Interesting. And? And they turned it down. Interesting. Because it turned out that that kind of stress was going to be temporary. temporary. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, it's probably temporary and it's probably just like a a knee-jerk reaction to everything that's going on. Um, yeah, because because it does seem to change. Like you said, you can always change your mind. Uh, I just wish I had more time. I feel like I'm in this really cool place where I finally have launched my product. I have definitely not found what they call, you know, product market fit. I don't think I've found that because I think I'll know when I find that because I'm still pushing. But it's only been a month. So I feel like yeah. if, 
It's I mean, so I, early. It's so early. So I feel like I'm at this critical juncture right now where it's either push and make this a thing or just let it kind of marinate in the, you know, 300 to 500, whatever it's going to be dollar range and let it sit there. And I really want to push and make this a thing. And so I think I'm just feeling that pressure of like, oh, I really want to push this and I just don't have the time. And so I, I like, I also don't know if there's really enough data there for to like to get a valuation of the company and to know what would be a fair price for uh, some percentage of the company. And but but it sounds like thinking about funding is helpful for you because I, I think you said this or, or or maybe it just popped into my head. But like, did you say it's sort of like a get out of jail free card? That's what it feels for, like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, for for the stress that you're dealing with right now. And so what you can do is say, I'm going to reevaluate this in three months. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like write like write down how you feel. Write down the, you know, the reasons why right now. Like if if you know I said here, Colleen, here's a check for uh, what what amount of money would would make it worth it for you? Like fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, something like that. Okay, let's 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 say, say that, Colleen. I'm gonna, <laughs> okay, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the uh, the. Oh my god, what what do they? I can only think of the Angel. name in Danish. The, no, the, the 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 TV show, the Shark Tank, right? Oh they yes, call it, the Shark Tank. <laughs> they call it Lion's Den in Danish, and I'm like, I'm the lion, and I'm like, that's like, <laughs> um, like you know, here's the check. Like, um, what would that do for you right now, and and what would you do with that, and also how do you think it would change your approach to the business? And just write all of those things down, and then go and look at that. Okay. Like, two or three months from now, like capture all of that feeling because I think that. That's a great idea. You know, yeah. Like that stress you're feeling is valid. Like yeah. that's real and that's like totally normal. Like it's very stressful to have a job and a side project and like that that's normal. Um so, you know, honor that feeling, but but don't necessarily make a decision from that position of stress right now, especially yeah. when you're so early and you have all these other factors that aren't normally going on. Yeah. And again, no one is offering me money. Like no one would offer me money with what I, I have now. I think if you asked, you never know. <laughs> I never know. Well, I'm not going to ask because you're right. That you're going to get some people sliding into your DMs after this. Angel investors, where are you? Did you hear? <laughs> so, um, no, I think you're right. I think that First of all, again, no one's offering me money, but also making that, kind, that's a big decision and making that kind of decision from a position of stress. I think I've mentioned casually that we are, we're making a big move. I mean, not across the ocean like you did, but still it feels like a big move in about across four weeks. Across the country. Yeah. We're moving in about four weeks across country. So I think I'm feeling the stress of that and, um, work is actually going great. I'm loving what I'm doing consulting. So that's not a problem. It and just, you're still getting people signing up, even though you're like doing like quote unquote nothing so this is the beauty of SAS, right it's like magical I'm like yes someone signed up and I did nothing that's awesome <laughs> at first I was really trying to like temper my excitement about it but honestly Michelle the other day I went back and I listened to one of our first podcasts and like it is just so cool to see from me going to just being like oh, I can't think of anything this is so hard to like like, I can't even, ima- six months ago, I can't imagine myself here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so amazing. If like, you I, I've gotten yeah. a, like a front row seat to this. <laughs> and it's just, it brings me so much, I don't vicarious joy. Like, 
awesome. to, to see this. Um, yeah, I can't even like listening to one of my early podcasts when all I wanted was to just launch something. I mean, I, I just, it's so cool. And so I hopefully like, I can't even see what's six months ahead of me. Right. Like, like that's kind of how I'm thinking about this position I'm in. Like, yeah, I could totally, this could become a non thing. Like this could not work, but I, you know, I'm following a lot early of signs are good. Early signs are good. Um, yeah. And I, I think I've gotten better since we've started this to it filtering through the, uh, the, um, the bad internet SaaS information and the good internet SaaS information. What by that, mean I mean, by that? I mean like, so before I was following people on Twitter who were like, oh, I started a SaaS and I made $10,000 the first month. Like that's not helpful. Cause that almost never happens. Hustle porn. That's what it's called. Hustle porn. Yeah. I was following way too much hustle porn. And so now I'm following people who are like trying to build long-term sustainable businesses. And what I've noticed is one compared to them, I'm doing really well. <laughs> Sorry guys, I love your love your tweets. Uh, and two, like this takes a long time, right? Like, yeah. like this takes a long time. That's just how it goes. Like you, you just can't give up, and you just have to keep learning and learning when to pivot and trying to find like where you fit. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, I'm coming around to it, but um. But yeah, so I think for me, the biggest thing, like I said, I've just been so busy. I haven't had time to work on this, but um, I, I have so much to do marketing wise. Like I haven't done, like there's such, even this little business stuff no one tells you about, like trying to get a terms and conditions. Like why has that been so hard? <laughs> oh, why has it been hard? Well, it's been hard because I do file management. So I paid a company online to create a terms and conditions for me. It was like 50 bucks. And, um, it was like, just like not specific enough. I had thought they would give me more opportunity to customize it. So it just wasn't really quite good enough. And they were really nice. I asked for a refund and, and, you know, and when they asked me why I canceled, I gave them a very detailed answer. I thought of you and I thought of me kind of you. And I was, I said, I said a very nice, Pay like this it is forward. Yeah. Or refunding it forward. Re- right. <laughs> but I, I said like, he, I don't yeah. know if it's a he or a she, but, or. I don't know, but, um, they, uh, they, right. Like, I don't, I don't mean to presume gender, but, um, I responded with a detailed email while I was looking for this particular clause and you didn't have this. And I was looking for this particular thing and you didn't have this. So, but there's like, I mean, just little stuff like that. And then someone recommended a, a service. Like, I don't want term. I'm not, I'm not big enough to have terms and conditions terms as a service. of service as a service. Yeah. So they host it for you, but it's a monthly it's fee. Oh, <laughs> huh. There's like, who knew? Like just sort of, it's like when I started consulting, just sorting through all the, this stuff is annoying. I mean, it is because I'll say one one thing that, um, uh, you know, someone told me once that I have found is relevant is like looking at your competitors terms of service and then, you know, sort of using those as a starting point, quite frankly, usually making them friendlier to the customer. Yeah. Um, but using that at least as, as a starting point for the different kinds of issues that they are, uh, you know, bringing forward and, and, and putting in there. And I mean, I mean, quite frankly, competition on terms of service is, is actually a, a huge part of our business and why we get customers coming to us from the major players. So oh. yeah, it's, it's not something to overlook and it can actually be a competitive advantage for you. So it's just something I didn't realize I'd have to spend time on. You thought, I thought I'd be to like five minutes, like go grab one put it on my side and it just hasn't, hasn't turned out that way. 
I think, I mean, the, it, we talked a little bit about how things that are not engineering tasks require more mental overhead. And yes. Yeah. Cause that's not your, your, you know, sort of home domain. Um, and it, I mean, it makes sense that like, you know, these, these, these sometimes they feel like you're sort of like running around swatting flies and it's like, yes. Oh, I have to do this. And I'm no, I really just want to be doing something else, but I'm just swatting all of these things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would not, I, it, it takes some mental energy, but I would not overlook that and, and use those terms of service to see if there's a way to make your service friendlier to the customer. I mean, one of our major competitors, uh, terms of service was like literally, you know, I guess on trial in Congress this week. Oh, so, um, you know, there's, there was a hearing about it. So, um. You, you don't overlook that it's it's it, that 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 can as much be uh biz dev as having a call with someone yeah yeah i just wish someone did all this for me <laughs> you can hire a lawyer to do it too but i mean that's... i'm not there yet right like yeah like i think eventually so there's a couple of thousand dollars and yeah once i'm once i'm big time ask me again in six i will hire a lawyer and get one that's specific to my company but now being little time like i need something um, but and yeah. a privacy policy. Yes, and a privacy policy. Yep, all that stuff. So, and it probably you need a GDPR policy. Yep. To I I mean maybe you can work in like GDPR and uh, CCPA, the California one. Yeah. Um, people, I guess you wouldn't need a DPA, a data processing agreement, right? Because you're not necessarily. I have no idea. Process. Yeah, it's a GDPR thing. Maybe maybe. Uh, Sorry, I'm just making, the, you were like, I'm overwhelmed by this. And I'm like, let me throw out a bunch of acronyms. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> and make you even more overwhelmed. Now I'm more overwhelmed. That's great. Not being helpful. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Well, after that stellar advice. Thank you. <laughs> I think... I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Software Social Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. And you can reach us on Twitter at Software Social Pod. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outseta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of KeyHero.io, 
Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Convini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.